I wrote for a libertarian magazine for two, three years, whatever it was. Liberty View. Liberty Watch. Liberty Watch. Exactly. Yeah. Liberty Suck. Whatever uh, it's called. It was one of those Liberty things. The thing that's so funny about it is the minute you said Liberty Watch, I knew it was libertarian yeah. because who but a libertarian would call their fucking magazine Liberty Watch? Yeah. Nobody normal would say it's called, let's call it, hey, 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 Bob, hey, Bob, you hate the government? I do. I hate the government. Let's call our magazine Liberty Watch. Yeah. Uh, the old trusted American newspaper, the San Francisco Liberty Watcher. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Don and David get a little saucy, so be forewarned, your sensitivity is not their problem. The Literate Apecast is for people who can handle both their liquor and their gag reflex. So what are you going to do when the GOP takes the midterms? What 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 are your what are your plans uh, when the Republicans take over the country like completely as opposed to just using Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema to kind of do their bidding? I, I want to tell you that first of all, I love that question because that was the question that I posed to Rudy Giuliani in 2006 <laughs> during the midterms. Then, when he was still America's mayor, he hadn't gone off the fucking deep end. He wasn't even. I guess he was approaching the deep end. He was like, oh, there's a deep end? Let me go check it out. But he wasn't there Let yet. me go check the deep end out. Yeah. Hey, I like it down here. It's yeah. fucking crazy. I can I can run naked in the park with just the flip-flops. Yeah. And, and who's going to say anything? Because, uh, yeah, you America's know, mayor. I'm Rudy. Yeah, I'm Rudy. I'm fucking Rudy, yep. man. Yeah. And so I, I so what are we going to do? I ended up with this closed-door interview. I just want to finish this because t- it's this is... Here's the answer. Um, I asked Rudy... Because this is 2006, and the Republicans were not looking good. So this is a serious interview. Dead, deadly serious, yeah. Okay, yeah, so you Rudy, did actually... Yeah. This isn't you just making a no, joke. No, you no, actually no. interviewed Giuliani, mm-hmm. and you asked him this question. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, so I'm ready, to, I'm ready to hear the real answer. He came to Las Vegas. I was writing for Liberty Watch, the magazine. Uh, he came to Las Vegas. Liberty uh, Watch? Liberty Watch, yeah. It's was a, that like a libertarian cons- thing? Libertarian magazine, yeah. yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. It was a time, um, but the publisher was involved with the Republican Party, the Nevada Republican Party, like he was some leader. Anyway, so Rudy comes through to campaign for, for the midterms Okay. because my publisher was a big guy in the Republican Party. He secured a, the only interview, the only media interview that Rudy Giuliani did while he was in Las Vegas was with Liberty Watch, with me. So... Rudy does some speech, does, you know, kisses some hands, shakes some babies, and then we go to the MGM, the MGM Mirage, and we get a private room, little hotel room, and he does, he records some spots for, you know, just some stingers for, uh, you know, hey, it's Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, and before I, this, the, the hair color runs off my face in 20 years' time, vote for... Bob Evans, or, you know, whoever the yeah, fuck, whoever right? the fuck yeah. it is. Bob Evans, yeah, yeah. The, guy, the guy who does the sausage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he does these, and I get this chance to talk to him. So one of the questions that I asked him was, Rudy, what is the Republicans' plan? What is the GOP's plan if they lose the House and the Senate? Because things weren't looking good for the Republicans. Like, here are the numbers. Rudy. Yeah. And he's like, oh, Dave, yeah. you know, and he like, po- you know, politician weaseled his way around the question. So I posed the question another couple of times in a couple of different ways, and he's not answering it. And I said to him finally, Rudy, stop blowing smoke up my ass and answer the question. Nice. What is your party's plan should you lose the House and Senate in the midterms? Things are not looking good for you. And he like, so stop blowing smoke up my ass. And like my publisher's jaw dropped, his Rudy's handler's jaw dropped. Rudy just looks at me and then smiles and goes, all right, Dave, that's fair. And then he answered the goddamn question, which was something to the effect of, well, we'll learn from our mistakes and we'll try better next time. You know, some shit like that. Like some fucking, but still bullshit. Yeah. It's bullshit. Of course it's bullshit. But it was, it was, what I got him to do was admit the possibility of what ended up happening anyway, which is that, yeah, yeah. you know, so, which he wouldn't do. So anyway, so to answer your question, 
we will learn from our mistakes and we'll do better next time. Oh, see, I wasn't even talking about the Democrats. I'm just talking about you and me. What are we going to oh, do? What are, what are you? I was do? talking about. I was talking about you, David oh. Himmel, not like Sorry. you, Jesus, or we, the the left side of the country. It's like, what are you going to do? Because uh, I, I already know what the the left side of the country is going to do. Nothing. I already know that. Not no, no, no. They're <laughs> oh no, they're not going to learn. They're not going to learn. What they're going to do is they are going. What we're going to do is we will go into as soon as as soon as uh, it's apparent that the Republicans have taken over both the House and the Senate. And they have the fucking Supreme Court doing their activist thing. Yep. Then what'll happen is that centrist, the centrist Democrats will blame the progressive Democrats. The progressive Democrats will blame the progressive Democrats. And then it's very likely that they will split into two different parties. Wait, did you say the progressive Democrats will blame the progressive Democrats? Or the no, progressives blame the will centrist. blame the centrists and the centrists the moderates. The, the, yeah, yeah, that's basically yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Is okay. the, 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 the center will blame yeah. the left, the yeah. left will bring, blame the center. And then they'll split and uh, and nothing will have been learned. Nope. And uh, the Republicans will uh, run things until we're dead. Yeah, here's here's what I'm going to do. I'm probably going to do nothing because... Just do the same thing you've been doing. I just... <laughs> every day. I mm-hmm. just don't care. I, no, let me take that back. I do care, and that's why I'm trying not to care. Because... And we're going to talk about this more as we get closer to the election. But I'm not sure that I want to keep voting. And I'm working through it because I, I just I want to try it as an experiment. I want to try not voting as an experiment. Because if I when I vote, and even if my if my person doesn't win, that's disappointing. Okay, whatever, move on. That's the system. That's democracy. Great. Try again next time. But when my person does win, I'm more brokenhearted when they fail me. And they do. Like, Lori Lightfoot is a great example. Barack Obama is a great example. Uh, Lori Lightfoot's a far bigger failure than Barack Obama. They're not in the same class. But No, not, yeah. You know, Biden right now is doing it. Unfortunately, he's doing a shit job and the Senate's doing a shit job. And See, the, the thing about it is, this is the thing I think is interesting is that 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 he has done a remarkable job, Well, yeah. but because he hasn't done everything we want him to do, it's a shit job. He's passed two pieces of legislation that are historic in terms of the amount of money and the amount of people helped by these bills. He has signed two bills that the House, of Demo- the, the, the House and the Senate Democrats passed Two of the largest bills of their kind mm-hmm. in history, and he still has the lowest, you know, like That's, the, yeah, the only me, approval rating lower lower at this time was Trump. I mean, literally, the I, only approval rating lower is Trump. Was I thought that Biden was at least no, tied Trump, with him. No, no, no. He's a little bit okay. ahead. I just saw right, this on okay. Nate Silver, so it's, well, let me, it's so a let me little rephrase bit what I said. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Biden is, is sucking. I don't think he's doing a terribly shitty job. I think he's doing the best he can. Um, but when I meant like he's doing a shitty job was with the poll numbers. The polls are saying his, his approval rating is shit is what I meant to get at. I, but I, I, I expected this from Biden. I expected the Biden administration and the very narrow margin we have in the legislature in the yeah, legislature to be a, a, to, to be, be a grind. to yeah. be feckless it it'll be feckless yeah. and so basically what you're saying is if the republicans win which they probably are going to yes um you're going to start treating politics the way i treat sports i don't give a shit i'm not i don't have a team that i yeah. root for um it exists but i don't watch i don't really care it I'll, doesn't affect me one way or another. I'll, Even though I live in Vegas and it's, we've got some of the biggest, you know, like the, one of the biggest sports arenas, you know, the Legion Stadium. It's going to be what mm-hmm. uh, in a couple of years it's going to be the the Super Bowl. I mean, it's it's a huge moneymaker here. I could give two shits. I mean, I literally, actually couldn't. I couldn't give like two, two full, of them. yeah, not even two full shits about sports. And that's how you're going to treat politics. Yeah, I. It's, it's going to make this ape cast very interesting. I know, as we both get on, what do we want to talk about this week? How happy we are because we don't give a fuck? Yeah, you'll, well, you'll start wanting to talk about sports, and I, I won't give a fuck, so I'll just say, yeah, whatever, yeah. I don't care. I don't know. Chiefs? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Marlins? Whatever, I don't give a fuck. I don't know who the fuck that is. What, Chiefs, what could, what you, Chiefs Marlins? That's a... 
I don't know. I told you I, I don't get follow why you said sports because you're a Kansas boy, so the Chiefs make sense. So but I know that the Chiefs exist. I don't know who the Marlins are, but they got there's a team called the Marlins, right? It's just a weird. Not even a Chicago team. Not even. Well, there's got to be a team Raiders. somewhere. There are. I'm just called the Marlins. Yeah, they're the. So I'm just saying, there's a team the somewhere called the Marlins. <laughs> Marlins. So, yeah, they're Florida. Florida Marlins. Oh, fine. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I just said Marlins because it was the. You know, it's like. Weird... What is it? There's the Bengals. There's Bengals, and then there's Bengals, like, Go Go's. There's Dodgers. There's uh, Happy and Grumpy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that shit. Yeah, I don't care. I don't and, care. And so that's how you're going to treat. Po- Can you possibly do that to yourself? Can you not? Because I mean, politics has become sort of like sports, anyways. In fact, well, I would say politics in the last five to six, maybe even 10 years has become increasingly, increasingly more like the world wrestling federation. You yeah. Know, it's, it's more like, well, it's more like WWE. It's more like Hulk Hogan. And that we elected the, for, oh, I know. the former president used to wrestle. Not, yeah. he was like a featured Not. player, whatever the f- guest star. I, yeah. Yes. We, it's a, it's fucking. It's so I'm just WWE. saying that the whole thing, yeah. the whole thing has just become that. It's been it's all blood showmanship sport and, and, and and bullshit. Yeah. yeah, blood sport and bullshit. Yeah, and uh, speaking and bullshit, of bullshit, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, blood blood sport and bullshit. Speaking of bullshit, um, I sent you and Jarrett uh, a Jesus. meme that I saw, and I looked it up before I, I. I loved your reactions. Is this actually a quote, or is this George W. Bush or something? This is uh, our Vice President Kamala Harris. <laughs> And in an interview, asked she was asked what we sh- if if they were going to be changing their COVID strategy, and her response was, and I quote: "This is a quote. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day." I I, I don't know what that fucking means. I don't think anybody does. I don't know what. Uh, what what is going on with her, man? I love Kamala, but boy, she is really I, yeah. She's bagging it this year, man. This Shit. year, okay. Well, why, I mean, I want to know was, why you love. She was Kamala. at least articulate. She was at least articulate before. See, I like her because she's a prosecutor. I like her. If you want to know what really turned the key for me for Kamala Harris was the the Kavanaugh hearing. I mean, she fucking put that guy's nuts to the fucking fire. She was on it. She was, you know, she was bad ass. And I went, okay, that's somebody that knows what she's doing, is incredibly well-spoken, and then she's been the vice president for exactly a year, like a year, what, it's a year, maybe like next week, and her, this well-spoken, badass prosecutorial, I'm going to kick you in the balls, I'm so hot and top. I got my shit going on. (laughs) It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Correct. Um, I'm a little concerned about this, because I would expect it from Smoke, you know, Sleepy Joe. I'd expect it from Joe, because Joe's 7,004 years old. I'd expect it from Joe. I would, it's seriously, like I, when I asked you, like, is this a George W. Bush quote? It sounds like something that W would say. This also mm-hmm. sounds like some poetry that I may have written when I was 11 years old. <laughs> you know, yeah, it so does. Like, I don't, I don't want to beat her up too hard because there's an 11-year-old David back in time somewhere going, yeah, Kamala, that's good shit. That's some, that's good, some shit. good shit. Maybe if she said it like she was at a, an uptown poetry slam or something. Oh, there you go. More. Yeah, maybe maybe it would at least have some resonance. I don't know. Well, no, I, don't I think know. here's here's the thing with Kamala. I I've never really liked her. I the 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 Kavanaugh hearings. Yeah, she was an ass kicker. That she is caught. her. That is her sweet spot. Prosecuting, yeah, she, calling out, she's good at. calling the bullshit out. She did a great job calling Biden's bullshit out with his busing voting record. That was amazing. And then you know, three weeks later, she was his fucking running mate or whatever. Like. But anyway, anyway, I thought that she was great. So she she took Kevin on a task. She took Biden to task. And I'm like, okay, yeah. this, this person That's is That's exactly on top how I felt. And this but year, then, she has really. It's then, like they stuck her in a closet. Well, it's like she became she became the maid of the fucking uh, Jeffersons. I, she's sassy, but really just a secondary she's not sassy. role. She's not sassy at all. She's not even sassy anymore. She is. Um, she she got. She started running for president. She 
had these insane uh, bipolar type uh, campaigns, like strategies, oh, yeah, shit. things to yeah, stand oh, she, on. Yeah. Like, it was a total mess. And back then we were hearing about her staff fleeing and being like, this place is dysfunctional. She runs this ship like she wants the Titanic to sink. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and we've been hearing a lot about that as she's in over the last year in her role as vice president. But I think Kamala Harris would be best as a senator, as a prosecutor. I think that... Yeah, I agree with that. I think what we're seeing in the way that the White House has treated her, that Biden has treated her by kind of keeping her quiet or like putting her away you know in a weird way well she doesn't have the thing i and this is what i think is said is is and i and i understand on some level she is the type of politician where she does and that's why it's unfortunate that you know the few times she gets they let her out of the fucking closet to talk to people um she says shit like this yeah and maybe it's because she's just out of practice i think she's out of practice i think she's but nervous the, I think but the thing about it is she's the, she's the on. kind she's the kind of politician that needs to be talking she needs to be talking to people she needs to be holding yeah. people accountable she needs to be doing that except that joe has has specifically said we're not going to be the kind of presidency like the last one where it's a constant we want to be out of the news cycle well that has that's yeah. a plus because at least we're not you know deluged it's, by bullshit on the other hand it's a minus because it feels like he's gone into dementia and they've taken well but is, uh, is his that, vice president and stuffed her in a cardboard box and are hoping that amazon takes her someplace you know it's is like, that what is, is i think i think there are two things happening that we're really seeing play out and i don't know that it's that joe has put kamala in the closet because he wants to stay out of the news cycle and she's too you know sparkly to, to control. I think what's happening is they he picked Kamala as his running mate because she... I, I, I'm not saying this is right. I'm not saying that she's not way, way, way more than this, of course. But it got the woman vote. It got the POC vote. Uh, it took his great enemy. Like, she was his number one enemy during the, the primaries and they combined together to unify the democratic party so there was oh, that it was, very, it was very calculated in a lot of ways and and, but, and i think right. smartly calculated so there's there and she's that. also and again and, i think again i think she is her year as the vice president notwithstanding the campaigning notwithstanding up to that point, she was sharp as a fucking tack. Well, but I mean, and I think, here's what's and I don't think that's gone away. I just think that she's she she doesn't fit this particular model of administration because he doesn't want the. He knows he's old. He knows mm -hmm. he's slow. Like he's not an idiot, but I think he's Kamala, quite smart actually. By keeping Kamala quiet and keeping her away, it takes away. Energy reserve that she can build to run against him in 2024, and she can say, "I have seen the inner workings of this administration." Oh, Joe so Biden you think? Great. I think that's a you big think part this of this is so that he gets a second term. I think this is to prevent disruption her, well, I mean, that's in thing. the Democratic Party and for her to beat him in in 2024. And you actually think Biden's going to run in 2024 and not Hillary Clinton? I don't know that Hillary Clinton thing is real. That was a that that began with a Washington or a, a Wall Street Journal opinion article. That's where that oh, whole I know thing it. began. I, well, I know, but I still. But that's how shit begins. Because the only reason Donald uh, Trump even ran for president was because Bill Maher challenged him to. Well, the, if Hillary Clinton runs for president again, I'm just gonna leave the fucking country. It'll be, that's what it'll I'm be three. I'm up, throwing three Dana down. in a goddamn. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna yeah. throw Dana in a goddamn duffel bag. Throw her over my shoulder. We're gonna. We're gonna hike onto a goddamn steamer ship and go someplace where no one knows our names. I it's mean, like I she, can't. If she wants to go for the for the the reverse hat trick, go for it. But she, I, uh, that would be a fucking disaster because she is just another. She's even, in a way, she's older than Joe Biden. You know, well, she's like, just more damaged. She's more well, scarred up. She's yeah, she's more <laughs> scarred up. She's had a harder run. She's lived a longer political life. She's like her her political life compared to Joe Biden's. Hers is in dog years. Yeah, oh that's God. just that's the Clinton that that's the yeah. Clinton way, it, and that's unfortunate, yeah. and it's not fair. Yeah. And 
you know, I mean, it's it, just what it is. Yeah, like both Bill and Hillary are not as bad as they've been made out to be. No, I, I don't mean, think so. I still I like Bill. I've always flawed. liked Bill's presidency. They're pretty flawed well, they're people. All, and they're, they're all, all fucking, they're fucking flawed. Humans, but I but I think Bill Clinton was a fucking phenomenal president. A few a few pretty significant gaffes aside in the fact that he was sticking his dick in just about anything uh, he could. I think his greatest his greatest trick was convincing the American people the black American people that he was the first black president and then he went ahead and threw all the motherfuckers in jail. I think that's an amazing fu- yeah, and, and then no, got reelected. No. He really didn't throw a, he didn't really throw all the motherfuckers rating. in jail. He just threw a he lot tried. of the poor he threw a lot of the poor blacks in jail. And well, you got to look at again, that's a good meme, but it, you know me, I'm always going about where's the numbers? Where are the numbers? Yeah, but and the we numbers know actually his, but that that crime the law, omnibus bill the omnibus terrible, bill terrible. and that was a bad idea however um and that's one of the things everybody wants to talk about what a horrible thing that was crime was out of fucking control at the time yeah so the question becomes what would any of us propose he do in that situation because bottom line is you're the president crime is exploding in the urban areas just i mean like it's at, like it is now but without a pandemic to, you know, blame, you know, give it an excuse. And he had to do something. And what are you going to do? You're going to do what the San Francisco fucking mayor's doing, which is like, yeah, we'll just let, we're not going to prosecute him because, you know. Legalize marijuana. You don't put people away for having a, selling a dime bag of weed. Are you kidding me? In 1992, he had to to lie about smoking weed. So that that was never going to happen. If we could Never have done happen. that, if he could have made that happen, the charismatic he couldn't even get the gays. He, was, he couldn't even get the gays in the military openly, and that wasn't he his wanted fault. To get them in the gay in the military. No, actually, openly. actually, you got to read. You got to read. Uh, have you ever read his book? Fuck no. I mean, one of his books. Yeah, he <laughs> he actually he actually. I think I think he he really didn't care. I don't think it was an issue for him. I think he was fine. But uh, the Pentagon was not going to go along uh, with. I could hear. I could hear Bill Clinton saying. Hey man, let them let them boys be gay. The fewer dicks out on the playing field just puts more pussy in my pocket. See, and there you I, go. And I think that was probably I, Bill's perspective <laughs> on it because I don't think he was like. And, and there's nothing about and that's the thing. There is nothing in Bill Clinton's entire uh, career that I've seen that paints him as anything uh, homophobic or anti-gay. I now want to make and a so T-shirt that has a picture of Bill Clinton's head <laughs> with a with a, a conversation bubble. It says, "Put that pussy in my pocket." <laughs> Put that pussy in my. I see. I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. All right. So, have you had any since since we revealed on last podcast that you had COVID? Have you had any uh, fallout from that? Has anybody mentioned any one of the seven listeners call you or anything like that? Uh, no, I got no flowers, no get well soon cards. No, okay. Nothing, no. So um, I'm curious yeah. because I read an article that's going to be actually it's going to be one of my uh, my six things. Um, it, 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 you brought up this and you, you were like, do, do, am I just sounding like a Republican in April, 2020 about COVID? Mm-hmm. Am I, you know, is that cause, cause the, the thing that the article talks about is, are you vaxxed and done or vaxxed and cautious? Because pretty much if you're unvaxxed, go fuck yourself. So why do you think you sound like a Republican in April, 2020 when it comes to COVID? Because I say things like this, we cannot shut down. We need to stop. It's just the flu. It's just a bad head cold, unless you're already unhealthy and some people are going to get it worse. And if you get it worse, that's the luck of the draw. I'm sorry. Unfortunate. Like do all you can to prevent yourself from getting it, but it's, it's probably going to happen. Everybody's going to fucking get it at some point. And we, the world can't stop every time a kid gets covid in a preschool class and then i have to take my kid out of school for 10 days and disrupts our lives incredibly and see that's when you sound like that's when you sound like a republican when it's about your inconvenience versus the inconvenience of someone but here's why fat with diabetes you know it's like here's why i'm not a republican (laughs) from april of 2020 and a what are we don a partyless centrist. We are moderate. centrist. We are centrist left. Pro- progressive, That's what we are. Progressive you centrist. 
You and I, no, we're not progressive. You and I are centrist left because you don't like uh, the See, progressivism of white women, and I don't either. So well, I just don't uh, like are, white women. I mean, just across. Well, the yeah, board. but centrist, of course, especially but progressive left. white women. Oh, centrist oh, left. That's what we are. We're centrist left. You might I, be a little more libertarian like, than I am because you have money. Uh, no, my liberty. Yeah, my libertarianism uh, exists or remains in me, like like Tony Stark's shrapnel. Merely because I wrote for a Libertarian magazine for two, three years, whatever it was. Liberty View. Liberty Watch. Liberty Watch. Exactly, yeah. Liberty Suck, whatever uh, it's called. It was one of those Liberty things. The thing that's so funny about it is the minute you said Liberty Watch, I knew it was Libertarian yeah. because who but a Libertarian would call their fucking magazine Liberty Watch? Yeah. Nobody normal would say, no. it's called, let's call it, hey, 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 Bob, hey, Bob. You hate the government? I do. I hate the government. Let's call our magazine Liberty Watch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the old trusted American newspaper, the San Francisco Liberty Watcher. It's just bullshit. Uh, yeah. No. It's, uh, it was just so obvious. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the stereotype fits. Sorry. Uh, the fuck was I talking about? What was I saying? Huh, you were talking about how you're not a, you're oh, not a Republican oh, oh, right, 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 in April so 2020 when it comes to COVID. The yeah. difference, I'm, I'm not a Republican in April 2020, but I'm a centrist but whatever the fuck we are i'm me in mm -hmm. january of 2022 in the third year of this thing knowing what we know seeing what we've seen learning what we've learned doing what we've done and i am all for get vax get boosted eat healthier get your rest stay home if you're sick wear masks during the cold and flu season in tight confined spaces all those things that we, you know, wash your hands, all, all that shit. Stay home when you're sick, you know, take a few days off after the symptoms have stopped. Like, don't spread the fucking disease. If you had the, a cold or the flu in normal times before COVID. But that's what we need to do now because this thing is going to become an endemic. And I want to run to en en endemicity. Like, let's get there. We're all going to get it at some point. Hopefully... Most of See, us, my, we're my not issue dying with that, anymore. We're not dropping dead anymore. It's not what it was. Oh no, we are. We are absolutely dropping dead. It's not to the degree that we that it. it it's not in. Here's the thing. I think it's, but so it's not this a threat to so humanity. It's a threat to people to the unhealthy. It is actually. It's it, well, and they're not a part of humanity. I mean, this they is are. where I am. This is where I am definitely still a centrist left from April 2020, not a Republican, is because. In April 2020, I heard, because I'm in Nevada, and I was working at a casino, yeah. and there were definitely people in the casino who were like, you know, they're fatties and they're old, let them die. Yeah. You know, so that we can all get herd immunity. And I'm like, you fucking moron. That is the most bloodless thing, because yeah. Yeah, first of is. all, f first of all, let's not deny the fact that, yeah, people with weight problems are definitely more susceptible to COVID complications. And I'm not saying but, that fat people but, should die. But, but the thing about it is I can say, well, whether you say that or not, it's 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 like, well, go get go go to a fucking gym, eat a salad. Not saying that. Dude, either. as someone that had to lose 80 pounds and it took me two years to do it, if all those people started the minute COVID hit, they're still at risk for two years if they're right. trying to drop weight. It's the dumbest fucking thing I ever heard. It's just latent pissed off because no because of an obesity epidemic that we've been experiencing for the last 50 years that doesn't help. It, I mean, ultimately saying, yeah. hey, it's the fat people that get it really just says that, well, it's just people that should die right. because I right. don't like fat people. And it's like, that's some bullshit. And I'm not that's saying some bullshit. that. I'm not saying that. I know. What but I'm that's saying, why you sound like you're a Republican. Well, no, what makes you sound like a Republican is stop shutting things down. Freedom. Well, <laughs> no. all right, no, all right cause freedom. Because here's, here's the thing is I, this COVID Be is going to because become, the guy because the, the guy that works the guy that works at the jewel yeah, but the guy that works at jewel see you can say oh I feel sick I'm going to take a few days in quarantine and you don't have to worry about them fucking turning your goddamn electricity off but the guy at jewel who's a right. you know a stock guy he doesn't number one get to take time off and still get paid he. He gets sick. He 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 has to choose. He right. literally has to make the choice. Do I want to be able to pay my fucking electric bill next month, or do I want to protect myself and others? 
Well, given that choice, given the fact that you're going to the goddamn jewel because you don't give a shit. And I'm home from work, so I'm going to go spend There my you lunch go. Hour so you're going to the goddamn jewel. jewel. Exactly. Licking bags then, of rice. Yeah. So, so the thing about it is it really is, it's a class issue. And, and I guess that's where it comes down to it. It is a class issue because if you have to work where you don't have paid time off, where you don't get that kind of situation, yeah. then, then you don't get to make the choice of, oh, well, if I'm sick, I'm going to stay home and I'm going to distance myself. No, you have to go to work that's true. and you have to deal with fucking assholes who won't wear masks, who are unvaxxed, who are right. vaxxed and are done. But... but. And I, I agree with everything you've said that, and, and you know, and that's the problem. Like when I said, you know, when 20 something of 26 of us at, at my company yeah. got COVID, that's like, like overnight, that's like 40% of the company. Yeah. You take 40% of like, of, of jewel, uh, you know, at my jewel, the one across the street from in my neighborhood. Any, yeah, any single like, that's jewel. That's a fucking problem. We could all stay home. Like we would all be sick for a couple of days. I was the one who got it worst out of yeah. out of everybody else. Everybody else just had a head cold, and most people can suffer through a head cold, or you know, they'll take a half day off to nap yeah. or whatever. You know, but you can you can work through a head cold. So, yeah, it's it's. But if but we all had to stay away. We couldn't go into the office. We couldn't travel. We couldn't do those things. You, but we could still make it work because we're able to work remote because of the business we're in. Exactly. Can't happen with a bagger at Jewel or the deli counter captain or you know whatever they are. But or here, the guy that works at the fucking auto mechanics or right. or nine or ninety percent right. of the people that work in this country. Right. And look, tomorrow I need to go and get new tires on my car, and if I can't find a tire shop that's open because everyone's sick with COVID. I'm out of fucking luck, and that's an unfortunate. Well, aren't you inconvenienced? Aren't I inconvenienced? You Republican right. shill. Exactly, and you know what? I, but unlike a Republican from April of 2020, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be an asshole about it. I'll be like, all right, well, I hope they get better, and I'll either find another tire shop or I'll wait because I don't. Well, I, I'll be honest. You know, I don't. Like I don't think Republicans are the only assholes no. in this equation because no. I think the Democrats are just as big of assholes about point, this as well. The point that I'm getting at is that. Endemicity. I can't ever say this word right the first time. Yeah, I know. Endemicity. Good word. Means it. It. Picture a world in a world, Don. In a world. Picture a world where it's you know cold and flu season is now cold of cold COVID and flu season. It's like Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Like suddenly there's a new thing attached to it. Like uh-huh. oh that no that feels David, familiar and new David, have all you, at the same time. Have you have you have you done any research into this, or are you just pulling it out of no, your ass? Hang on, so there because there is a there is a cost to the endemic. There is a cost to that. To, first of all, it takes more time than you're willing to give it. The for the Spanish flu, which is now what we consider just the flu, for the Spanish flu to to, to render that herd immunity took twelve years. Yeah, but they're we're, Spaniards. We're not so even who cares. We're Americans, well, Don. No, it wasn't. No way. Um, and we're not even in our third year. Number two, to reach that endemic phase, uh, probably another four million people have to die. I okay. mean, they have to die for that to happen. Okay, then let me let me. So when you're this. in your push to do this, what you're basically saying is. There are four million expendable people on the planet, so that I can go to Jewel. I can name five and right s- now that I'm fine to expend. Well, those are you know that's all right. That's fair, but that's the thing. It's like you don't get to pick. You don't get to pick. It might be your dad. It might be my dad. No, let me pick. Come on. All right, you know, you know, based if 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 we could do that, if instead we could work of, that out with the virus, if we could work that out with COVID, that you could actually pick the people to die from it. <laughs> I'd go, you know, I'd actually, I think I'm pretty safe. So I'd, yeah, I'd go with that. I mean, instead of six things today, let's do six people that we will sacrifice to the, to the COVID endemicity. And yeah. Okay. To, yeah. To make no. it happen. So, Jeez. I, but let me, let me propose this as a solution. We, I, I admit that it is, this is a tricky motherfucker. COVID is tricky. Yeah. These viruses are tricky. New viruses are extra tricky. I mean, Jesus Christ, how long did it take us to understand, then get a, a manage on, then 
prevent it from being a death sentence? AIDS. Like, how long did it take that? Uh, two decades. Yeah, it's like twenty, like eighteen you years. Know? Yeah, something like something like that. I think it was like eighteen years before before they they figured out how to. It's you still get it, but uh, it's not an immediate death sentence. It's it's manageable now. Like you I mean, can live still, your whole life with there HIV. Are, yeah, and, there, there and are still die, people that die from natural. Yeah, there are still causes. people that die from HIV, but the numbers are drastically reduced right. because we have regimens that that yeah. the people that have HIV can take that keeps them alive. Yeah, and so HIV yeah, I'd say and about AIDS, eighteen years. Those are those are both viruses, just like COVID yeah. is, and HIV. Yeah, a- uh, it, it, it mutates into AIDS. So there's yes, always a mu- mutations or motherfuckers um, or they're awesome. Like the X-Men anyway, the, I, it, it just, it feels to me like recently we've had less of an understanding of it or less of a willingness to be flexible with how it's changing. Like we know it's changing we're learning. We're learning on the fly. We're behind the ball. We're ahead of the ball, and it's tricky and it's hard. And I, I'm not a scientist, and I can't even ima- begin to imagine how hard it is for people working on understanding this shit with all the new information and everything else. It's God bless them. But I, I don't know. It just feels like on the street level, like with schools and work and everything, like. We're not making heads or tails of the information that we do. Like we need to be as fast as the scientists, I guess, is what I'm saying. Well, and the scientists, the I, thing I, about it is, the scientists. Here are two things that I think they're interesting. Is that number one, the scientists are not PR people. Uh-uh. That's not their job. They are not. They are not good at communicating. I mean, and, and the thing about it is, and I this is actually the, the next question I was going to ask, but we'll, you know, is what are you writing lately? I just finished a a piece about performative trauma, and one of the things that I that I that I eked out, and I've, and I've used this before because I think it's interesting, is that complexity doesn't sell. We don't like complexity. Nope. And there's a study, and I listed it in the piece. So if you want to read the piece, read the piece. But uh, there's a study that was done, and they used jams and jellies. And on any given day, like one day, like on a Monday, people would come in and there would be 24 choices of jams and jellies. I mean, we're talking, here's a raspberry, here's a raspberry hibiscus, you know, whatever the fuck, I don't know what they got, you know, it's like 24 different things, right? Mm -hmm. The next day you came in, there are only six, here's some grape, here's some strawberry, go fuck yourself, apple, shit your bed, whatever. (laughs) And... And what they discovered over over six months was that when people were resent, presented with 24 options, they were far, far less likely to purchase anything than when they were given fewer options. And, the, and, and what that indicates is that when it comes to communication en masse, simplicity sells, complexity stumps. Mm-hmm. And the problem with our scientists, um, even Fauci, um, and I think he's probably the most TV friendly of all of them, um, they're not good at communicating the thoughts and their job should not be, don't put Fauci on TV, don't put the CDC on TV, none of them should be on fucking TV. You should have one person, and I'd say Jen Psaki would be great because she's fucking great on TV, but somebody <laughs> that knows, somebody that can sit, not Kamala, not Kamala because thank, yeah. not with that fucking <laughs> sentence, but it, it ultimately our disconnect when it comes to this uh, pandemic is we don't have somebody that can explain it simply. And and because there's no one explaining it simply, people, it, 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 go back to FDR. It's one of the things I think is fascinating, and I wish Joe, uh, Uncle Joe had uh, had taken this to heart. The thing that I loved about I was FDR, hoping you would say, I wish Uncle Joe had polio, just like FDR, then he'd be a much better No, president. I wish, I wish, I wish, uh, one of the things that was very interesting, and, and, and actually FDR, kind of stole this from Winston Churchill, but then we codified it here as the fireside chats. Yeah. He had this new medium of radio. He had this ability to communicate with a vast majority of the country in, in, in just a sit down, let me talk to you kind of mode. 
Now, the thing about it is FDR was highly educated. He had an, an extraordinary vocabulary. The guy was super fucking smart. But if you listen- Money. Or, That's what it gets well, you. If you. Well, yeah, it does get you that. But if you listen to any of those fireside chats or even read the transcripts, simple, real simple shit. Yeah. He told he told the truth and he told it as simply as he possibly could and that made the difference. Yeah. That can because people need to hear something simple, easy to to get, to digest and then make up their minds. And what's you, gone on now is that there's been this, well, it's this mask or it's closed down the schools or it's closed this. And when it doesn't work, instead of somebody getting up and saying, okay, I got to be honest with you, this pandemic is mutating. We didn't know this was coming. We don't really know what the fuck we're doing. If Fauci had just come up and said, hey guys, we don't really know what the fuck's going on. So bear with us for a couple of months, but in the meantime, you're not. Good here's at what we suggest at all. No, I suck at voices. I, I've always. I, I kind of yeah, want I you to lean in more to how shitty you are at doing people, because because I'm terrible at it. I'm really bad, bad at it. Yeah, I've always been bad at it. I love that's, it though. That's, that, uh, that's like, no that that that's nothing new. It doesn't hurt me. I don't feel like self conscious about it. I still attempt to do yeah, the voices. Yeah, no, keep doing it. Do it. I more. mean, if you ask me to do an accent, it'll almost always become Scottish or sort of like meaningless Slav. Yeah, and that's okay if I you know if it's like do an accent, Don. Okay, do a French accent. He'll probably sound like a Scottish guy. It's just not even a good <laughs> Scottish guy. It's just a bad Scottish because I'm not good at accents. I never have been, and I never will be. Um, and so that's that's just fine. But that's what I'm saying. Fauci, the the simplicity. We of need it. simplicity, but well, we don't have, and it means we need good PR people. You're on, right, uh, and you've got a great that. point. And I think that if you look at FDR, who I would argue that he was a greater communicator than Reagan, although Reagan was fucking good. I was watching something. He was a really good communicator, yeah. I was watching um, uh, on National Geographic from Disney Plus, like the 80s. It's some stupid, Rob Lowe hosted, it's water cooler, whatever. Anyway, but they had Reagan, and he was saying his shit, and I fucking hate Reagan. Like, Reagan, uh, God, he was awful. But fuck, he was good. And I think I told this story on the Ape Cast, and I've certainly written about it. Uh, when I, you know, one of my bucket list things is um, to go to all the president's libraries or, or their their burial or their their childhood, whatever like yeah. their main thing is because they don't all have. have you been, have you? Libraries. I'm just going to ask you: Have mm-hmm. you been to Eisenhower's in Abilene, Kansas? Not yet. You got to go. I know. That I is, know. It's but I know. But I've, I've been to a number of the presidential uh, sort of like museums and libraries, and I got to tell you, I was never a big fan of Eisenhower. Yeah. You got to go to it's a, a very impressive campus and a really good museum. I love anyway, we'll, Abilene, Kansas. We'll we'll have to talk more about this because I've I was blown away by LBJ's for a lot of reasons. But anyway, mm-hmm. yes. So, but when I went to Reagan's, I walked out of there going, God, I f- fucking love America and what a great time that was for everybody. <laughs> everybody was great in the eighties. It was fuck. And I got no. like, and it's, he's up on this huge hill and I'm walking down. I'm with our, our friend Tommy Beardmore and I'm walking, we're walking back to our car and I'm talking about this with him. And I'm just like all jazzed up and red, white, and blue. I'm fucking Uncle Sam's nephew. And then it hit me. Oh my God, that motherfucker got me again. Because I was a kid when Reagan was president. He was... I voted for him my first, the first time I got to vote, I voted for Reagan to my great... Uh, regret. Uh, my very first presidential election, I voted for Reagan. That's weird. I, I was, totally, I, was I totally, but just, I totally bought the over fucking rhetoric. Two and a half years old when he was first uh, inaugurated. But anyway, um, but my point was this: that in the in the 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 commu- the way we communicate and the way that it's communicated, like FDR had this. It was a slower time. Radio was everybody gathered around it. They were all there were like seven channels broadcasting shit at any given time. Like even radio today, much like TV, like every the, where do you find static on the radio dial? If you can even find a dial that has is an actual dial, not a digital one that just skips to the frequencies, the active frequencies. 
Um, but FDR was able to deliver because he had their attention and he could take his time with his deliberate words. Where today, you've got Kamala Harris, and this is one of her, her faults, is that she takes the bait every time uh, in, what's the thing? Say it fast, say it now. What's going on? Oh, this is a thing, impeach Trump. Let's talk about that. That's what's going to get me elected. No, oh shit, we're moving, we're sh- I, move now, go. Uh, this thing, and she doesn't ever have time to slow down and think things through and think her thoughts to fruition. And she says shit like, uh, it is time for us to do what we have been doing. And that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down, diarrhea, poopy underpants. What the fuck? All right, Simeon cohort, here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing. Uh, It's a do. Uh, Wordle. Jesus Christ. I'm not doing Wordle. I'm I, sorry. I know that everybody's doing it, and it's... And I've I, seen it. I No, no. And, nope. I, and I, I, I think I know why you're not doing it, and I would do it the same way, but here's why I'm not doing it for that same reason, which is, you know, 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong. Well, I bet they can be. It's, it's, your, it's your punk rock blood telling you to go... F- Everybody's doing it. It's I'm not like doing Wordle. Trend. I'm not. You're bucking it. I don't. I'm not gonna do fucking Wordle. Sorry. Here's why I'm doing and not bucking this particular trend because it's a brain game, and it's a word game and it's a word brain game, and David likes word brain games because word brain games make David smart games. <laughs> Don, yeah, there you go, Kamala. My first thing is a read. It is in the Atlantic. Why more Americans are saying they're vaxxed and done uh, by Derek Thompson. COVID has always divided Americans. The Omicron wave is even dividing the vaccinated. And it is a, it's a good read. And it, and, and it is definitely one of those rubrics where when you read it, you go, where do I, where do I fit in? And and uh, and it does it does have some very good information. So it, uh, why more Americans are saying they're vaxxed and done the Atlantic. My next thing is uh, a read. It is in the Atlantic. Why more Americans are saying they're vaxxed and done <laughs> by Derek Thompson. Uh, so it, you get two thumbs up on that one, everybody. So there's no there excuse you for you not to read it. That's right. My second thing is, uh, and I'm a little late to the party on this one. It's a 2017 documentary. Have you seen Batman and Bill on Hulu? Batman and Bill? And Bill, yeah. No. Oh, Tell it's me more. I, I See the thing about it is I'm not a big DC fan, but Bill Finger. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, Finger. Uh, that's his name. That I mean, that's his name. <laughs> um basically uh this is a documentary about a guy. That's what I love about this. This is like this nerdy guy who loves comic books and he's, you know, and he never outgrew it. And he's written books about the comic books. And he's the guy that writes, Hey, what was the story behind Simon and mm-hmm. Schuster making, you know, Superman, you know, he, he that's the guy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. Well, he discovers that, that a writer named Bill, F- Bob Kane yeah. is known as the creator of Batman. I grew up with the niece, the great niece and nephew of Bob Kane. At summer camp. Okay, well, it yeah. turns out that Bob Kane was a fucking asshole. I've heard that, and that Bob Kane did not, in fact, and in, in fact, what what Bill Finger was sort of like this very unassuming writer, and he was a writer that Bob Kane created Batman to they 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 kind of co-created Batman, and then Bob Kane took all the credit and got the contract that said he was the sole creator, and then he would pay <laughs> like, like Bob Kane, Bill like, Finger. Hey. It's like if you and I did this, like I'm Bob Kane and you're the other guy who Bill doesn't Finger, matter. Bill Finger. So you're Bill Finger and I say, hey, I've got an idea for a superhero. And you go, yes, a Batman, a man who dresses as a bat. His parents die and he has to avenge them and he, he's got his cave and he's David, a billionaire. David, that is exactly and I go, what happened. Yes, great job. And I take it and I call my Jewish that friends. Is ex- d- dude, that is ex- <laughs> what you just described is exactly what happened uh-huh. because everything yeah. you know about Batman, we're talking the bat, the origin story, the ears, yeah. the cowl rather than just wings, um, the 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 Joker, Gotham City, Batcave, Batmobile, Catwoman, Penguin, Riddler, every all these things that you know about Batman were created by Bill Finger. Mm-hmm. 
But Bob Kane worked it out, so he got sole credit. So this is a guy, this is this is a documentary about this guy who went, that's fucking unfair. Yeah, it is. That's totally unjust. Mm. So he spends 20 fucking years. There's a moment in the documentary where his daughter, who is probably at this point, she's like nine years old. And his dad says, her dad says, he says, so what does daddy do for a living? She goes, Bill Finger. Oh my God. Because that's all this fucking guy has done in his life is try to get justice for this fucking dead guy who in 1972 died and was put in a fucking potter's field. He didn't even get a burial. He doesn't even have a... Bob Kane's got a fucking like giant thing that says he was Bruce Wayne in the Batman. Bill Finger, who created the Batman. So this is a really... I did not expect it to be. I thought it was going to be kind of dry. Yeah. Man, Bill and Batman and Bill, you can find it on Hulu. It's a 2017 documentary. I was shocked how how engaged I was. I will be how interested I was. I really liked it. When we wrap up this recording, I will be watching it on that TV right there tonight. I think you'll really I'll like it. I'll probably fall asleep 10 minutes in because I've been up since 3 a.m. But we're no, good. I actually don't think you'll fall asleep. The thing I about it is, I thought I'd kind of. It, no, the thing is, I've had it on my Hulu, Hulu list for a while, yeah. and I was like, eh, just because it's comic books, right? And so then a couple nights ago, I was like, ah, uh, all right, I just <laughs> I just want to clean some stuff. I really was. That was my, ah, I just want to clean some stuff out of my stuff. So, all right, let me start this. And when I don't like it 10 minutes in, I'll just, I'll just you know, delete it from my thing. And I mean, I got sucked in fast. And I, I, I mean, I, I, I kept st- pausing it and getting up and telling Dana about it, which pissed her off. But it's, it's very good. Batman and Bill, Hulu. My third. I'm on my third thing. Right. Third thing. This is your third thing. Um, I don't know Sorry. if I said this last week or not. And if I did, I mean to say it again this week. It's a watch, the book of Boba Fett. I think I did say that last week. You did say that last week. That's fine. That's fine. I haven't watched any of it yet because I'm waiting. Here's oh, that's right. We did we did talk about this. So I, here's yeah. why I I, I want to say it again because I had a conversation with a friend of mine and I learned a few more things about it and it and I just sat and thought with it for a second. I'm like this is why I like it so much because if you're a Star Wars fan, yeah, and of, I am of like our inkling. You know, where yes. we are the Gen X Star Wars fans, like the trilogy, I the was holy there. fucking trilogy. It was made for Trinity, me. Whatever. I was yeah. 12 years old yeah. when they fucking debuted. I was, yeah, this is, this is my fucking movie. So. My universe. <laughs> Boba Fett, similar to the way that the Mandalorian did. Mm-hmm. And unlike the way any of the prequels, sequels, and a Star Wars Whatever's. stories. Other than the two TV shows that Boba Fett and uh, and the Mandalorian, Mandalorian have done, it's the same magic of Star Wars. This like west, this spaghetti western type shit with all of like the weirdness of Star Wars, the the weird characters and the 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 strange names and the strange towns. Well, it happens of funny on names it's, it, the, it happens on Tatooine, it happens right? Happens on Tatooine, and so we and, and well, that's what I thought about the Mandalorian, and that's what I loved about the Mandalorian is because they went okay. We've kind of gotten off the rails with the prequels and the sequels. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the source material. And the back. source material was fucking Tatooine. And that really does ground it in Star Wars mythology, and it feels like Star Wars, which is sort of a space western. So yeah, all right. So it's that good. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's like I've. There's better TV out there. Oh, I'm sure. You know, it's it's not the best thing. Um, The actor who plays Boba Fett, I, I I think he's great, but I take issue with. It's 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 meant to take place. Parts of it, there's like two parts. There's like half of it is flashback, half of it is current. The current is meant to take place five years after Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and he's a little older now. He's older, and like, was Boba Fett? Well, he's you know he's Aquaman's fan, Aquaman's uh, father. Uh, Yeah. If you watch the Aquaman, I said Aquaman. Uh, If you watch the Aquaman movie. 
He plays his father. If that got him the gig, that got him the gig. Like he's, it's yeah. fine. But it he just was, feels like he was also he was also Boba Fett in Clone Wars, which is why they've got that, him. And that's that's right. And that's why they yeah. brought him in for this. But it's like that's why I brought him into this. But yeah. I'm sorry, but Clone Wars was 2002, 2001, whatever. Like that was a long time ago. Bring in a younger actor to play the right age where you're not. Dude, why would you bring in a younger actor? They took Sam Jackson in Mar- in, in Captain Marvel, a 75 year old man, and made him look like he was 43. Well, then do that because this guy. All is, you got to do is that. It's just a, it's this guy yeah, has digital. the body. He just looks like he's in his 50s. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, All right. If, if, but other than that, it's good. I mean, good. tell the story of Boba Fett in his 50s. I will watch that too. Yeah. But yeah, it's but otherwise good. you it's like good. it. It's good for that Star Wars. Even like the fan nerd, I mean, there are a lot of Easter eggs that are there. Apparently, yeah, I don't know I'm them because I've not. I'm not an Easter egg Star Wars guy. I did not read the books. I don't know the Boba Fett history. Ming Na Wen is great as Boba Fett's like muscle. Uh, it's it's good and it does Star Wars the right way. Like it's not super fan service. It's familiar to the world. It doesn't try and overexpand because yeah, it's the galaxy and there's a lot of fucking planets, but there's also a world. A Star Wars right. world that you have to stick to. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I know I'm gonna watch it. My sixth my third thing, the sixth thing for today. And you know, we talked uh, I don't know if it's the last episode or the episode before, we talked about how you watched Don't Look Up and you laughed a lot and I yeah. didn't laugh once. And I think I've discovered the problem. I'm fucking retarded. I'm like I have Jesus. the sense of humor. I have the sense of humor of a seven year old slow child. Because my third thing is watch Peacemaker on HBO Max. John Cena as the Suicide Squad Peacemaker, which is basically Archie Bunker if he were a (laughs) muscle-bound superhero. And I'm telling you, I watched three episodes last night, and I fucking laughed my ass off. I mean, I really just belly laughed and stopped the recording so I could just continue to laugh I laughed throughout all three episodes consistently. And I thought about that after it was over. I went, David really laughed at Don't Look Up. And I didn't one time. And yet, I'm watching this really stupid... I mean, that's what I told Dana. I said, it's fun and it's stupid. I mean, it's really... it's it's. I mean, it's James Gunn, so it's mm-hmm. sort of like Beavis and Butthead meets the DC world. But man... It's funnier than shit. All I got to tell you is Peacemaker from the start to finish, there's a whole scene. There's a whole scene. I just want to give you an example because I'm telling you, it just was so fucking funny. It's like they, they, they I don't want to get into the, the details, but he comes and he's meeting his new teammates and he's, and they're at basically an olive garden. They don't call it an olive garden, but that's what it is. <laughs> and he looks over at the waitress who's busy because he's late. And he's all in costume. He's got his fucking helmet. And he says, hey, sweet cheeks, when you get a check it, when you second, uh, you know, can I take my order? And they look at him and go, sweet cheeks? That's pretty inappropriate. He goes, what do you mean? Her cheeks? She's, and he points to his face. She goes, no, sweet cheeks is about her ass. <laughs> he goes, no, it's not. He goes, that's not like sugar tits. And she's like, besides, <laughs> her, besides, her tits are way too big for sugar tits because sugar tits are like small, like little handfuls. And he looks over at one of the guys like, you have sugar tits, but I think that's inappropriate. Sure. I'm telling you, I laughed. All right. Start to fucking finish at this thing. What is it called it's again? It's Juvenile Peacemaker. It's just, it's just Peacemaker. It's just the guy's It's name. called Peacemaker, yeah. James Gunn, who did the Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. um, and the Suicide Squad took the character that John Cena played yeah. in the Suicide Squad and has done a TV show, was and Peacemaker, it is fucking I, funny. I, is, is, it a, is it a series or a, or a movie? Yeah. It's no, a it's series. a series. Okay. So yeah. is, was P, I, I didn't follow DC that closely. I read a lot of Batman. I read Superman early on, but I read a lot of Batman before I figured out marvel was better uh yeah oh yeah no i agree with you that doesn't mean i shouldn't have just kept reading batman he's just he's just like an early i don't really know that much about peacemaking yeah he was just a bad guy basically and what i love about the suicide squad as opposed to suicide squad but the suicide squad that james gunn did very very different they are he, very he, different, but yeah. He went back into the annals of the archives of the stupidest. Because the thing I love about, the, the, if there's anything that's fun about DC, 
It's not that their heroes are great. It's that their villains are just stupid. They're just stupid. Yeah. And Peacemaker is basically a, a, a guy who has a metal helmet. He is trained in all kinds of combat. He has, and this is not, they didn't make this up for the show. This is actually the character from the it's comics. Comic. It's like 1940s. He has, he was, yeah, he has, he yeah. has, he has a, a, a sidekick that is a bald eagle named Eagly. Yep. And uh, and basically, he is committed to peace, no matter how many people he has to kill to get it. <laughs> and he I mean, sounds that's like fucking... me with COVID. Kill them all it's as very, long as I can. He's very funny, to but John keep my Cena. Kid from <laughs> the thing is, John Cena is not my you know he's he's not my my list of the funniest guys in the world. But I got to tell you, sort of the meathead. I mean, Robert he's Patrick. The, he's the heir apparent to the Rock. Well, no, no, he's not that good. He's not quite as charming as The Rock, but man, does he play this character funny? And uh, is it Robert Patrick, the the guy that was the T two? Uh, yes, the the dad. Okay, from he plays the he, Walk the Line. And yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah, plays. Yeah, he yeah. plays. Yeah. He plays. He plays his father. God. With a with a hairstyle that's right out of David Lynch, amazing. And he is, and it's one of the, another. He's like, ah, Dad, I need to get a new uh, a new helmet because apparently his dad makes his helmets. He goes, <laughs> he says, Yeah, you're a fucking pussy. But if you're gonna go out and kill some communists or darkies or kikes, he goes, Dad, I'm not, I'm not into that. Yeah, whatever. I mean, this is this is. I mean, this is some fucking, like, this is like 1990s comedy. And I love it with my heart and soul. He gets, he he fucks a girl who is got like the, the like the 90s ratted out hair. Yeah. And she's got the aerobicized body. Ooh, nice. And he notices that she's got like Cinderella albums. And he's like Amazing. way into this music. He starts singing in his fucking tidy whities. And the dude is pretty uh, like physically impressive. He's, he's Cena, yeah. singing. He is singing uh, this song, this fucking like this hair metal song from the '90s in her vibrator. <laughs> when it turns out that she's not actually a woman, she's a fembot, and she tries to kill him. It's the fucking funniest. I'm telling you. And the other thing I think is really funny is the fact that John Cena is just this huge fucking guy. There's a whole scene where he's trying to escape the cops. <laughs> it's because he's so big. When he lands, there's no like graceful landing. It's not like Superman where he jumps off or Spider-Man jumps on and he lands gracefully. Man, when he falls off a balcony onto another balcony, it's like a fucking sack of fucking hammers. He's just fucking yeah. Because he's huge. Yeah. And I mean, there is nothing funnier. There is n- oh. I laughed. I laughed so hard, I did. I had to stop and I had to walk around the room. I was laughing so hard because he does it four times where he just knocks the shit out of himself and then he finally gets off the balcony. This is, it's funny because comparing And realizes this, will... that he's two, he's two stories up and he still has to jump one more when he kind of looks down and goes, fuck. And he jumps and just lands on his back with this, bone crunching thud and then he just says god damn it <laughs> i just laughed like i was gonna die it it sounds like and i i will watch this movie and i <coughs> from what you've described i no doubt will that's so funny it. it's so funny it. but what i'm what i think i'm figuring out and maybe it's just these two movies and this is not a, a proper you know control yeah, yeah. situation a scientific uh process you struggle with subtlety in comedy and prefer the broad slap you across the face, Marx Brothers, uh, Three Stooges type shit. Uh, and, well, now, okay, based on our two examples, there was absolutely nothing subtle about Don't Look Up. Come on, dude, you got to give me some credit. There was the nothing subtle, was subtle about the that. The comedy was subtle. 
No, there was no subtle comedy. There was no comedy. Oh my god, the moment where 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 uh, there was no comedy. It was so Meryl fucking Street earnest. Was it like, was so. I think it was Winston Churchill who said no. Yeah, you already was, said that. You already used that I mean, example. It's not that funny. funny. There is. It's really not that funny. Oh Jesus, that's because it's it really not that funny. If she had fallen down, you would have laughed at it. Probably so. Did you laugh at the end when she got eaten? Spoiler alert! When the horse. Thing I did. Or... I did. I did. Exactly. I, yes. I. I'll be honest with you. When the the thing gets her face, actually, yeah. what what made me laugh was not that she got her face bitten off, and that was a good joke because he tells her earlier he tells in the her movie. Early on, like, we don't know what that is. I predicted. I predicted you're going to be killed by a bronticor, and she goes, "What's that?" He goes, "I don't know." Yeah. And then when this thing eats her face, the guy goes, "What the fuck is that?" And the guy goes. That's a Brontecore. That was funny. That was funny. But what else was funny about that scene? Yeah, she got eaten. Ha, ha, ha. The Brontecore, that's a Brontecore. The payback, all of it. But the fucking fact that the naked president of the United States, yeah, played by Meryl Streep, yes, has a fucking like <laughs> butterfly me. tramp stamp. <laughs> that was funny. That yeah, that, like, that, yes, there was some funny so, stuff. I'm not saying "Don't Look Up" didn't have funny stuff. I'm saying "Don't Look Up" wasn't funny. The subtlety anyway, of that. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying it wasn't funny. I'm saying it just wasn't a funny movie overall. But but I'm telling you, Peacemaker, start to finish. If you don't laugh, I, I remember a thing. Neil Simon's "The Odd Couple," the mm -hmm. ad campaign. The ad campaign in the 40s when it came out on Broadway was a laugh every six seconds. What I can say about Peacemaker is it's a laugh every 55 seconds. But that's pretty good. Okay. I mean, like like a hard belly laugh. Right, like a real, say, like a agree, belly laugh. Would you agree with the six-second Neil Simon statement? Like... No, Does the no, no. The it's a, it was just it was just good it was just good copy like Fauci needs or Kamala Harris. Ah, maybe we should resurrect the good old uh, what's his fuck. <laughs> well, that was a. Well, I'll tell you, what, you and Kamala have a lot. Like good old what's his fuck. Yeah, why don't Ooh. you? You should definitely with your six figures. You should definitely I, work for Kamala Harris. I have been for, up as since her PR guy. I've been up since yeah, three a.m. this morning. I don't it care. It is currently ten p.m. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, my brain is officially shut down. So with that, good listeners, Neil. Thank Neil, you Neil for Patrick listening. If, if if we could bring the ghost of Neil Patrick Harris back to write He's copy, still alive. to write the speeches. No, the Neil playwright. He died a couple years ago. Neil Patrick Harris was in the Resurrection, the Matrix Resurrections. No, you just said Neil Patrick Harris. The, the no, Neil Simon. Neil Simon. No, Simon. Paul Simon is still alive. You're a fucking moron. So is Garfunkel. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to two white guys holding court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>